Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, the only podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving down another rabbit hole of mine. And this one's concerned instruments of the first will. Now, the instruments of the first will are an Isu paganism type cult, according to AC Wiki, which I kind of have been living on because instruments of the first will has so much lore and knowledge hidden in comics and games that I've had to spend a ton of time trying to get as much information as possible because I truly believe that with Bassam being the first Isu back to life since John Standish, I kind of think this may be heading somewhere. And I could be wrong, but in episodes, I would love to give you my episodes, my feelings, the usual, but also some interesting information from Sean Hastings that G Assassin showed me that I actually overlooked. So let's dive in. So who were the instruments of the first will? Well, basically they're the first cults, I'm going to say, that united assassins and Templars. They basically worship the um, Isu, well, Juno. They were originally known as the Juno cult. And it's essentially the idea that they understand that human is not worthy. Mankind is below Isu. They know that if the Isu come back, they can put humans in the rightful place. This is an ideology that is shared between assassins and Templars. It is kind of a unique thing, uh, unique thought to have because the assassins are order through freedom. The Templars are order through control. But to have a group that seeks order through slavery, essentially, they're going back to the basic slavery roots. It's weird to see how two opposing ideologies can come together to create one force. Judging by Odyssey and Origins and Valhalla, these have been called the Mythology Trilogy. And a lot of the games have focused on no assassins. No assassins, no Templars. It's the ones who came before, essentially. The Hidden Ones and the Order of Ancients. And this is where my idea came in. I always thought the Order of Ancients was a bit fishy, how it was meant to be this whole evolution into the, assass- into the Templars. They grow, grow, grow. But they didn't. We looked at Odyssey, then to Origins, then to Valhalla. They still worshipped Isu. Fulke did, and that was why Fulke was looking for Sigurd. I should have put a spoiler warning on this episode, actually. Quick one, before we continue. Spoilers for Valhalla. I am truly sorry. I will... Make sure when I put this edit out, it has a spoiler tag on the tweet, so you're all aware. So essentially, yes, she went looking for Sigurd. And she was actually nicknamed the instrument. Spooky. And thanks to G Assassin for sharing me this. This actually wasn't in the original script. It wasn't until G Assassin showed me these notes by Sean Hastings that things started to click into place. Now, I don't want to read them all because it's a big note and I'm not very good at reading. <laughs> but essentially it says, the more we see of the Order of Ancients, the less they resemble the Templars, as we know them today. How did this evolution take place? This older order was obsessed with the Isu precursors. They worshipped them as gods, aspired to their status and power, and covered their works and weapons in the name of the Order. Yes, but very strict hierarchy that placed Isu well above humankind. Fulke, nicknamed the instrument, also wielded this term as an adjective. See, this is where things get saucy. 
And at the very end of the note, he does say, could it be the modern instruments of the first world represent some sort of return to the distant past, a revival of a dead honor? Did they tr never truly vanish? And now this is actually exciting me because I overlooked this. I was going to do my episode. I was going to look into it. I didn't know it existed. And when G Assassin showed me it, things click into place. The reason we never see a true evolution from Odyssey, Origins, to Valhalla. Now I know Origins came before Odyssey, but chronologically in timeline, Odyssey, you can see where I'm going with this. But when you look at that, it's not till Alfred puts his foot down and he takes the status away from paganism to Christianity, where the father of understanding becomes less about an Isu and more about God, essentially, because that's their beliefs of the time, which is grand. But the more I run it through my head is, what if that was the reason why? The Order of Angels of Valhalla worship the Mother of Wisdom, the Father of Understanding, and the Sacred Voice, Minerva, Jupiter, Juno, also known as the Capital Triad. So, there is a lot of Isu notices popping up, what if our work hasn't been to destroy the order and recreate the Templars? That's not what the game's been teaching us. What has the game's been teaching us? The origins of the first world. Now, I know a big thing in Assassin's Creed has always been Assassin's vs. Templars. That's it. That's, that's the big premise. But in Assassin's Creed, there's a lot more hidden societies. There's, um, I might pronounce the name wrong, but Uradito? Or something that was a hacker collective. There's instruments of the first will, which is made up of assassins and templars. And now this just this is a huge just backstory, there's lots of information. But the big last backstory before I dive into my thoughts for the next game is that the Sigma team, along with Charlotte Cruz and Otto Berg, killed Juno, destroyed the lab they were using to bring Juno back, and destroying the cult. Case closed, cult's gone, that's the end of it. Or is it? If Alfred was able to create a Templar Order, which I will be looking into more in next week's episode, under a church rule, but the Internet of the First Will popped up the head a few years later in modern day, who's to say the Order truly really vanished? Who, we all know that Juno had a way of connecting. To them through the sage. In my opinion, there's no way Juno would, would have not given them knowledge that she's not the last. I believe she would have told them that she was the first. They worshipped the ground she walked on and brought her back because they believed that she could bring more back. If she can be the first, she won't be the last, is the ideology. And this is where my theory for the next games to centre around this game comes in. Bassin. Bassim used a code system to trick, and I'm saying trick for a reason, the assassins into finding Eivor. Judging by the events of Odyssey, there was no reason to go hunting for Eivor except for this message, that give them answers to the staff. But Bastin played him. In my theory, everything we see in Valhalla, Eivor's memories with Odin, the um, anomalies, which are from um, Bastin's point of view, well, Loki's point of view, all give Basim sympathy votes. He did his actions 
for his family. And I agree, he was in the right for saving his family. But we don't know why he had to save his family. There's a lot of mystery of what his family did for Odin to feed them. Because a lot of Eivor's memories was blocked through her perception of reality from her belief system. That's why she saw Asgard and Jotunheim, and she saw them as deities, not as Isu. And it's not until you do the anom anomalies that you find the truth. So there's still a lot more information of what went on behind the scenes. Now we pass him back in the land of the living, and Eivor trapped at uh, Layla gone. It begs the question of how many more messages did he read out? Basim was trapped with the reader for hundreds of years. He saw multiple and multiple and multiple simulations with the reader. In my theory, he picked this simulation for a reason. He picked the same way Minerva and Juno all picked Desmond to try and stop the Toba catastrophe in 2012. I think Basim chose this moment specifically. He knew from the empirical truth as a warning that time was going to correct itself. So he knew there was going to be a pivotal moment where time needed to correct itself and the humans needed to find a way to save themselves. And I think, I don't think he understood that he was going to get trapped the way he did. But I do think that once he was inside the machine, that he was with the reader, so he understood everything was playing out. And he now realised that in this simulation, it was all leaving up to Layla finding Eivor. And once he got living again, he's alive, woo, his hunt for his family begins. And this is where I believe the game of chess begins. I think the pieces on the board are now in sympathy with dragging the assassins back into a full frontal civil war with the Templars. Because the Templars are the ones who have the most precursor knowledge and precursor artifacts. If he can get the assassins Templars to do more fighting, more raids on the buildings, bring up the Brotherhood to a better standard, he can start gaining a more foothold, more gear, more accursed artifacts to bring his family back. But seeing as it was the Sigma team that destroyed the Instruments Burst Will's attempt to bring Juno back, there is a high possibility that they also have information on Instruments of the First Will. Now, I don't think Basim would directly have this big pivotal moment it's like haha i'm the leader of these instruments of the first will fear me i think they're just a pawn his heart and it's a genuine cause is set and bringing his family back and he knows that he needs a distraction he needs the assassins of the templars to fight so he can get more precursor artifacts more precursor knowledge and more knowledge on instruments of the first will but at the same time he needs instruments of the first will because they're so dedicated, so devoted, they will probably die to the cause to bring the temple up, to bring the Isu back. And I believe he's going to use that cause, that knowledge that you humankind are weak, we Isu are superior, to get them to try and find a way of bringing back well, Isu without just using the Shroud of Eden. Because the Shroud of Eden is what kind of led to Juno's downfall. Because the Shroud of Eden has the, um, an Isu conscience in it, which mocked Juno, saying she was not powerful enough, which caused a distraction for Charlotte to kill her. So there needs to be a new way. And I think the new way it's seen by the ending of Valhalla is the stuff of Hermes. I think if he can find any knowledge to sages, 
or locations in history where his family is kept, he could use the staff of Hermes. Now, I'm not 100% sure because I think the staff of Hermes will probably end up killing him once he hands it over, but he is full Isu. There is that he is full Isu, so there must be something he knows that no one else knows about the staff. But I think if he can use the staff to bring back his family, it's then how do you bring the conscience of the staff? Now, the instruments first will have knowledge on human cloning, create a human clone DNA to bring a conscience into a body. So they did with Juno. And I think they could do that with Bastard's family. And this is why I think this is the pivotal moment. This is what the games have ultimately been leading up to. At first, and I will discuss this as well, I thought it was leading up to the end of the series. You know, tying out loose end. But what if the reason for Origins and Odyssey for just seeing hidden ones and Origins Ancients was to bring up the Instruments First World, their origins, their beliefs, the deep-seated root they have in society for Isu. And I think the first time we'll see them in the next game is a mission. Modern-day mission, close to the end of the game, I'm going to say, where you perform a raid on a Templar laboratory... Uh, I don't know what to call it, maybe like a small facility, not a heavily guarded one, just for maybe some notes on sages in a certain time period. And once he gets there, he sees the Instruments of the First World logo, somewhere random, and everyone overlooks it because that's not what they're here for. But he sees it, he touches it, he smiles, and he goes off with the team. Maybe that's because he knows that they've been here first. They've set it up. They've got what they needed. He's one step closer to his goal. But at the same time, I think there's another reason why he wants the instruments his first will. I don't think he ever truly got closure with Odin. Now, I know this DLC is coming up for Valhalla, and this is, could be spin everything out the works, but I could see him trying to bring Odin back so he can finish Odin off himself. Maybe he was never, because by the time he wanted to get to Odin, Odin fled into the Sage Mechanic, and he died in the Tobi Catastrophe. But Loki chased after him. Loki put himself into being a Sage to be reincarnated, to chase after Odin, the Mad One, to get his revenge. And since Eivor is now, well, ended the game dead, that's why we're reliving the memory, he can't bring Odin back. But if he can find a living sage that Odin goes to, I could see him trying to attack him, trying to find knowledge, something, something more. I think there's a piece missing of this big puzzle. He wants to get his family back, he wants to get closure, but I still think um, Harvey, Odin, is hiding something. And I don't think it's so easy of just going through all of Eivor's memories to find it, because Eivor's, just, her memory is shut off from Odin now. He's in the subconscious that she doesn't want to listen to. It's all blocked off. But I think he's going to keep probing. That's what he's aiming He's going to keep probing, get more information. Find out what went on with his sons. Where is his family? Why did Odin betray them? That This is all, but... Because I know the law, um, well, the mythology for Norse, is loosely based on the Isu life. Because... Um, as six keys pointed out, I really missed this when I played the old games. 
when the Toba catastrophe had ended, um, the Isu did teach mankind a lot about who they were, the lives and the beliefs, and then humankind took that knowledge and played the world's largest game of Chinese whispers. And over time, truth became fiction, fiction became mythology, and mythology became false, essentially. So there is a good chance that the Isu told them about the Toba catastrophe. Odin, the people who created the sage mechanics, how they survived, the capital triad. But over the years, these survivors passed on the stories. And Harvey went from an Isu leader to the god, well, the Allfather, who protected the realms. The land that the Isu called home, well, I know it was Earth, but it would have been built differently before the Toba catastrophe shifted everything, would have been the Nine Realms of Mythgard. It's it's plausible. So it's kind of a weird one because I could be barking up the wrong tree because we are so far away from the next game. It's impossible to tell. Plus, there's a lot of new DLC on the way, which could fill in some gaps. But I strongly believe that we haven't been playing the games to witness the rise of the assassins and the Templars. We are seeing that, and it's a fantastic thing to see. But maybe it's what we cannot see. Maybe it's what's under the surface that we're missing. And maybe the reason why they focus so heavily on Isu is because they're bringing the instruments of the first world back. Althea did say that they were not that they were going to come back. According to Odyssey, did state that they didn't interfere, but they're going to come back. Althea knew knows something, something more than Layla and Cassandra, and I think this is something. Le- um, Althea may have been planning with her husband for years before it happened. If Minerva and Juno can talk to Desmond through the grave for Peace of Eden, how is it not possible that Basim has been able to talk to Althea through the grave as well? Well, technically the reader, but I think we're going to see some big climax soon, some really interesting developments of the story, and if the instruments of the first world are coming back, and Basim is playing the world's largest game of chess, with every piece of the puzzle just to bring his family back. I hope they do the story justice, because I feel it could be one of the greatest trilogies that they've made. It'll have some really good intriguing moments. The past stories could really be centred around finding sages, because how Assassin's Creed worked so well with the Ezio trilogy is it was a great central theme and evolution of Ezio. He grew up. That's what's worked really well. From 1 to 3, that modern day had a really strong central theme of the end of the world. It all happened from September to December. Black Flag, Rogue, Unity, Syndicate really toyed with a few ideas, but didn't feel very connected. Odyssey's trying that, well, Valhalla tried that connection again. Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla has a connected modern day, but with really annoying time gaps that they don't explain properly. Sorry, I am not a fan of ending of Origins to suddenly Odyssey starting how it did. It made no sense to me. Valhalla is different because it explains that they're chasing a code and they really, they do nod back to the events of Odyssey quite a lot. So Valhalla is fine, in my opinion. So how it's going to go is we don't know. But I have a lot of theories that Assassin's Creed may decide to dig a little deeper into lore that we've not seen in a while. 
Zazen vs Templars will be the front of the game. I generally believe that the next games will feature heavily modern day stories of Assassins vs Templars. I think with Basim being out and about, I think he will try and focus more on Assassins from the past, so I could see them returning. But I do think that the Isu storylines aren't gone. I think they're going to be the biggest theme they've been since the Sages were first introduced in Black Flag. And this is why I think, and when they say bigger, I mean this could be the biggest story and bigger lore shift they're on about. They're taking a cult from the comics that was fleshed out mainly in the comics, especially with the Juno arc, and bringing them into the games. And hopefully, if the festival do come, maybe we'll get a video or a a video will be a good one of the actual events of Juno's Rising because that'd be such a great way to give everyone who played Assassin's Creed and was hoping for the Juno arc to end in game that satisfaction. It ends in the comics. Give us a recreation of that in game in a video or someone recording it, the siege, the death of Juno, the whole reason why the Internet of the First World want to come back. So this is all I've got time for this week. Um, I'm really excited for next week's episode. But if you want to get involved or you have any ideas, you can find me on Twitter at ACLetstalk or email me at assassinscreedletstalk at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next week.